Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper at State Farm Center, where tonight Illinois basketball was punked by Indiana. Come out to a 33-14 lead to the Hoosiers. And they really coast from there. Illinois made a few rallies, uh, the one that got to within eight at the beginning of the second half. Uh, but Indiana just dominates in the paint. Trace Jackson Davis, 35 points on just 19 field goal attempts. Indiana outscores Illinois 54 to 28 on the interior, in the, in the paint. Uh, Derek Piper, uh, it's good to have an All-American center. Illinois knew that for three years. Uh, Indiana gets a fourth year out of their guy, Trace Jackson Davis, and Illinois had no answer. What's your big takeaway? This was a Kofi Coburn appreciation night. As much as Illinois was force-fed it in a way that they didn't really want to be, but to think about the fact that Trace had six points and six rebounds when these teams met in Bloomington last year against Kofi and how many times Kofi's just physicality bothered him and and gotten Trace's head a little bit. And tonight, the difference between seven foot and six nine with Dane, I still thought that Dane might have been a had a better time, not than Kofi, obviously, but then he did tonight because he is a little bit more physical and he does have the seven seven foot seven wingspan, but he was no match for Trace inside. And this was really the first true big time post player that he's faced. Like Dawson Garcia, talented guy, but really wants to play on the perimeter and shoot jump shots and do all those kinds of things. So for Dane to really get toasted, he did get toasted. I was going to say tested, but he got toasted against an elite post player in Trace Jackson Davis. That was uh, tough. Uh, Illinois really didn't make an adjustment. I know Brad mentioned, and we're going to get to a lot of what Brad said or or some of it, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Hawkins was on him at times. Didn't go well at all. They didn't seem to double. I Brad says and insisted they tried it. I didn't really notice that at all. Even uh, a stunt, Derek. A stunt. Just, just a act stunt. Like, yes. They they kept getting mad at Dane in the second half because he wasn't fronting Trace's catches. But uh, this is kind of a, the bigger picture for me. Is we spent the entire offseason talking about a Houston like defense, and I know they've they've adjusted some things here with their schematics because we talked about switching and everything. But the idea of you don't have that legit size at the five I mean and you probably got a double against some of the best bigs out there in the country think about Trace think about Edie think about Dickinson and I understand going into the game saying let's play straight up on Trace with Dane and see how that goes when it goes as bad as it did and Trace is rattling off points at just a hyper efficient rate the pivot should have been what you've been thinking about since the summer is hey we're going to post trap force the ball out of the post, rotate on the perimeter with our athleticism, and there was none of that. So I I was puzzled by the lack of adjustment or, or just – it looked like a team that went in with no idea that they were going to double team Trace Jackson Davis, and they didn't seem to know how even when apparently they tried too late. All right, so Trace Jackson Davis, 35 points on 19 field goal attempts. I'd have a problem with that. And they didn't adjust, Derek. We were just sitting there, you and I looking at each other next to each other, like, what are they doing? Why isn't there a double team? Make someone else beat you. Um, so Brad Underwood mentioned on the radio, and then he mentioned right in, the, in our post-game press conference uh, that Terrence Shannon's 35 did not beat Illinois. Uh, I don't know. I thought it played a pretty big role. Uh, there were other things, obviously, that beat you. So I followed up and said, Brad, can you explain oh, exactly what you mean? Uh, here's what Brad said uh, in the post game to that question. Is um, uh, five assists? Okay, those are what those are what hurt you. Okay, I mean, and and then we didn't give them any 
you try not to give them any threes. I mean, it's no different than we played, you know, we played last year. Um, now his touches got, were way too easy. And sure, do you have to run at him some? Yeah, throw him a different bone, and, and we actually tried. But again, twos, it's very, very hard to score enough twos to beat you in a college game. And our problems were on the offensive side, because if we make any free throws and any layups, 35's not going to happen anyway. And uh, nobody else was really involved. So, um despite that Jim Halpert look at the end for Brad, like I still got an issue there, man. Like he's the only thing that is beating you. So make somebody else beat you. Make they make them shoot. Like I know they didn't want to get off Miller Cop. And Miller Cop, did he score tonight? He had six points on two of three shooting, made one three, shot one three. That's good. Like you, you definitely want to make sure you do that. But when they're shooting the way they are, right? Like when when he's 10 of 11 at one point, 15 of 19 on the game. That's too much of an efficiency from two, right? Like, I, I get it. They're not making threes, but when they're shooting 62% from the field, at one point midway through the second half, they were about 70% there. Like, that can't happen. Um, so I, I didn't think – that was a good look for Brad. Like, I don't know what he's trying to excuse away there, but you got to get the ball out of Trey Shacks and Davis Sands at that point. You let him score the most points he's ever scored in a Big Ten game, and he goes up against – the Northwesterns of the world, Nebraska's, Minnesota's. That is the most productive night Trace has ever had from a scoring standpoint in his career in the Big Ten by dropping 35 against you. So uh, clearly what you were doing was not working, and you had to be able to pivot out of that. I understand that when you look on paper at the numbers, like the fact of Indiana's a lot better shooting team, at least statistically, than a lot of people thought going into the year because Cop, Galloway, Bates, and Huchifino are all 40% from three or better this year. So the idea is if you double trace, one of those guys is getting an open three and you don't want to give up those type of looks and, and let other guys get going. But uh, I think the the premise made sense. The premise made sense of let's try to go one-on-one -on -one with Trace. Let's focus on bottling up Hood Shafino, which they didn't do a great job with that either. Um, and then cut off the, the rest of the, the spray valves to, to other guys. And I, I think that, the fact that Trace was able to do that, it now makes you think down the road of what is Hunter Dickinson going to do? What is Edie going to do? What is Cliff Amore going to do? What's Chris Murray going to do? I mean, not everybody's Trace because he is so long and quick twitch and, and is scoring really well in the post. And, and he played with just – it was early. You could tell early the confidence that he had. <laughs> he, gra he grabbed the ball with his left hand, was like, everybody clear out. I'm going one-on-one -on -one against Danger. Scored against him, said he can't guard I was yeah. like, oh, this is a different Trace. Like, like the first three years of Trace until like the Big Ten tournament last year, I didn't see that edge out of him consistently. Like the alpha dog, he's starting to show it. I got to give him a lot of credit. He's starting to get healthy. He hasn't been healthy most of this season. So, I mean, he's ridiculously good, right? Like, and and you wanted, I guess, uh, let him beat you, but don't let anybody else beat you. I, I get it, Derek. Like you said but it wasn't working in, in combination with your bad offense, all those different things. So, yes, I like you. I get the theory, but it wasn't working in practice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at some point, you can almost see the sample size – test the sample size of this Indiana team shooting. Like, it's half a year of them making threes around Trace. When Trace is rolling, why not say, okay, you know, number one, we got to do something to make sure they don't shoot 62% from the field in the game and Trace doesn't have a career night against us, but also let's see if 
Miller Cop can step up and make four threes in a game against us. Let's see if Galloway's actually going to make those threes. And there wasn't that pivot or gamble. And I mean, you look at Trace's other games. I mean, he scored 14 points against Penn State, a team that doubles the post every single time. Northwestern, eight, and that was a game that Indiana lost by 20 on the road. He had 18 points against Northwestern in their loss at home. So, uh, and then the, the big time matchups: 13 against Kansas, 11 against Arizona. He might not have been as healthy in those games. It was earlier in the season when he's battling the back more. But uh, the there's also the, the proof there that if you hold down Trace, this Indiana team probably doesn't have the firepower yeah. to be able to 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 beat you with their other guys. I thought that if no, I agreed a little bit with Brad that if if you took away Hood Shafino, well, I, to be honest with you, Hood Shafino, 10 points on five of 12 shooting. I got. I take that, and some of that stuff was contested runners, you know, with Dane yeah. and drop coverage. I'll give up that stuff, just like you did against Michigan State. Uh, the Geronimo stuff was was an issue, right? Yeah. Like early in the game, he dominated, and, and Coleman Hawkins could not contain him. Like this was a uh, not a great night for Coleman. Like he just got out outpowered, uh, out tough there uh, in the post. And what do you have? End up with two defensive rebounds on the game, uh, and so many putbacks early in this game. And then it led to bad offense. Like they tied their their offense to their defense or their defense to their offense after that. And it was just uh, it got really ugly uh, really quick, Derek. So um, really just a disappointing performance overall. And, and let's get to the offensive side of things. Uh, Illinois did shoot eight of nineteen from three at the end of this game because Terrence Shannon made some uh, you know isolation threes in this one. So kudos to him. Ended up with twenty six points, but they just weren't connected. Seven assists tonight. Uh, on 24 field goals. Matthew Meyer was sick, but um, played 22 minutes. Um, and they kept going with him. He was 0 for 4, just not really a factor tonight. Uh, Coleman, 3 of 8. Jaden Epps, 1 of 8 from the field, really struggled against their length. Uh, they just looked like a different – they looked like the team we saw against Northwestern rather than the team we've seen the last uh, four games offensively. Yeah, it took a while for Dane to get going, ultimately – didn't have the night that we, we've seen here recently, but had a stretch where you started to get him the ball and he was able to score it. But other than that, and, and Shannon hitting some pretty much pull-up ISO threes, like you, you had nothing going. And like you said, it, it was a team that was fairly disconnected. I think the fact that Matt wasn't healthy enough or, or whatever it was with his with his illness to be able to get going, they didn't really run anything for him early on. I, I wondered what was going on there. And to learn that he was sick, I guess that makes – a little bit more sense, but they obviously missed a lot of shots around the basket. Uh, I thought some of them were, were just contested that uh, like a Ty Rogers runner in the lane against Trace Jackson Davis or Sincere's stubbornness to continue to try some of these, like some, some of them you're not, you probably shouldn't have made, but there were a lot of like rim outs or uh, Shannon had a lot of those, right? Like Shannon had a lot at the rim. He wasn't able to finish. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of been a little bit of a theme. You, you take the second half of the Michigan state game, you take the, the Minnesota game, Terrence has had these stretches where he struggled to finish through contact or contested at the rim. He does, he does get fouls a lot. He, he draws a lot of fouls. And, and so you definitely want him to be able to go in there and, and hunt some contact. But there are times where he leaves some to be desired when it is a contested finish for a guy that is, is athletic and, and strong as he is. So uh, yeah, offensively, Jaden had that tough of a night. I didn't think Coleman was good at all. Like I, I think that that was really at both ends. I know he finished there with, with nine points, five rebounds, but uh, I didn't like his energy, his engagement. He, he showed hesitation early again with the three-pointer. Uh, he got a, a kick out there to the corner early in the game and, and shot faked. And I, 
I think it ended up with, with uh, Sincere taking like a runner from the free throw line at the end of a the possession. Then you turn the ball over more. Um, the, the numbers at the end of the game, turnover-wise, weren't terrible. You only had nine, but it, it just wasn't good offensively, and you, you dug yourself such a big hole, and it, it was just bad in, in every sense of the way. Derek, consistency is really hard in the Big Ten. I've seen some people tweet about that. Um, this is a really good night for Purdue, though. I think yeah. they're going to run away with this league um, because they are consistent. And Zach Eady is one of the things of that, but their freshman guards continue to play consistent. Their other role players are just solid, and they're consistent at what they do. And when you do have a guy like Eady, it's a lot easier to do. And Illinois had that in Kofi Coburn. They don't have that, right? Like Illinois doesn't have that. Michigan State doesn't have that. Uh, Indiana doesn't have the pieces around Trace to, to be consistent. Um, Rutgers. Michigan is, doesn't have it around Hunter. Right. You know, they got two really good players. The rest of that roster isn't all that very good, uh, especially Llewellyn, who wasn't very good the season before he got hurt, but now that he's hurt. Uh, I like Rutgers' team a lot, but they just don't have as much talent, right, uh, as some of these other teams. It's a really good roster. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think you, know, you lose a game like this at home to a team that was reeling a little bit. Uh, Indiana certainly came out the aggressor. We, we can see this team. Uh, Indiana should be an NCAA tournament team. They should be a team that um, you know is, is more of the top half of the Big Ten, right? I don't think they're going to be bottom half of the Big Ten. But this is an Illinois team that I don't think has that conference title run. They're just too inconsistent, right? Like, they're, they're too young. They're, they're still trying to feel themselves out. Um, I, j- I just don't know if anybody in this league uh, is capable of of matching Purdue night in and night out just from a consistency standpoint. Yeah. I don't think there, there is a team that's going to probably truly challenge them at the end uh, of this to the point of the last week of the season is the big 10 title already wrapped up. I know Ken Palm going into this stretch of games tonight. uh, I think Purdue was projected to win the league by three games. It's only happened three games or more. It's only happened, but you know, twice in the last 20 years, usually it's a lot more tightly contested, but now, with Illinois losing one at home, Rutgers losing on the road to Michigan State, uh, and a lot of the reasons you just highlighted, it's hard to find a team that's going to be as consistent as Purdue because Edie's the most dominant force in college basketball. Their freshman guards have been pretty darn good to this point. Uh, and defensively, they're so much better than they were last year. And then you know that Mackey's a huge home court advantage, although Rutgers did go in there and get a win. So we'll see with Purdue, but even their schedule lines up pretty favorably coming up. I know they're at Minnesota – uh, they're they have Michigan State coming up at home, Penn State at home, uh, at Michigan. Like they should win their next five, four or five, and I think it's their next four after the, the last one. They just dominated Minnesota tonight. Uh, they should be eleven to one in the league, and they should probably run away with it. But um, we'll see. I, I'm still not all the way in on Purdue. Kind of like the ceiling that people are talking about. Are they national title contender? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're con- they're consistent enough and to a, a a much further extent than anyone else in this league, and um, that's the thing I think for Illinois with the fact that Coleman and RJ as returners haven't taken the steps that you would have liked. Uh, I think still, yeah. I mean Meyer has been really good recently, and, and some of the paint defense, like what Michigan State was able to do in the paint, maybe showed Illinois got to be tougher. Like some of those offensive rebounds, some of those. Those baskets in the paint that they've been that they've been given up, they got they got to be more consistently tough. This team is still a little too up and down in general. Yeah, I was shocked, especially as Indiana, you know, widened this lead that we didn't see Ty Rogers just for that reason. Just because Brad wanted to be like, hey, let's just at least have somebody tough, 
Um, this is an aside. I, I just thought that was really interesting. I, I try not to make too much of post-game press conferences, Derek. We've, we've had to for a couple of reasons this year. But Brad's was interesting tonight. Uh, just some of the things he said. He said the team's legs were dead. Uh, it is what it is. It's not an excuse. I like how you say an excuse, and then you say it's not an excuse. That's oh, Coaches do that all the time. Um, but he said they've had practice 19 straight days. Uh, practice or a game in 19 straight days. Now they got to take two days off, mandated by the NCAA. Tom Izzo complained about it um, last game when he was here in Michigan State lost about how they'd had a similar stretch of, of practice. And uh, what would you make of that, Derek? Um, did, was this a t- team that was mentally and physically wiped tonight? Did you see that? I mean, it looked like it for sure. Whether that's whether that excuses it, whether they should actually be given a pass for it's a different question. I, I think that's the Big Ten. Yeah, the Big Ten is exhausting. Right. There was a, a play. There was a loose ball coming towards the scorers' table, and Jaden Epps was the only guy that went and sold out for it, and the other four guys just watched him. And I know that that Brad was upset about that. Got after Meyer, who I mean, sick, but still, like, I, I there were the signs of this team was mentally and physically fatigued. Do they get a pass for it in a quote unquote rivalry game? Uh oh, let's let's not call it a rivalry game, Indiana fans, right? Uh, but a rivalry game, a sold out crowd, a big one, and let's also call it like it is. Like you blew out Nebraska and Minnesota. Yeah, and I get they're they're road games, and you are stacking days here, but you didn't have to go to the wire against those teams. You didn't even really have to go to the wire. It was a hard fought Michigan State game. Uh, Wisconsin, you. You controlled it and won by double digits there at the end. So I would say I would say miss me with, with that, in my opinion. I, I get it. It's a little bit different. Indiana to play Saturday and have a lot more yeah. prep time. And I, I just thought Indiana was going to come in with a, more of a sense of desperation, which Illinois obviously was having here about two weeks ago yeah. versus Illinois. Yeah, and that's why, you know, the consistency thing, like I, I don't know how many teams outside of Purdue, it's why I brought it up, are going to be consistent this year. Because the Big Ten's a bunch of above average to good teams, I think. Like it's a, it's a deep league, but I think you're going to have a game like this. But now you just have to come back with some rest, Derek. You're going to have some rest this week uh, and come up and, and beat Ohio State, uh, a team that's reeling, that has a game on Saturday, I think, at Iowa or home against Iowa. And then they have you. Like, so take advantage of that and win that home game. Um, and then when you have rest elsewhere, you got to do it. So uh, it's, it's hard to win five straight games in this yeah. league. Uh, and that's why if Purdue can do that, like that's really, really impressive and, and why he'll win a Big Ten title. But I don't know if a lot changes from this game. Like Indiana's a, a tough opponent, even despite their little stretch here. And you're going to have more tough opponents. Ohio State's going to be desperate, right? Uh, Wisconsin, they want to get back up towards the the top four. And that's going to be a game where you play at Wisconsin where you're going to be fighting for a top four. So uh, it's about how you respond to these because these are going to happen. Like you're going to have – like the, what happened in oh, 2020 and 21 season, like those are those are hard to do. Uh, and, and you had two All-Americans on that team. So this team doesn't have that. Um, but I think they can bounce back if, if maybe they get a little rest, get a little reset. And now they, they get a little urgency because Indiana certainly seemed like it had the urgency. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. It is important then. That was kind of the realization of the difference between the last two years and, and this season is – it is hard to reel off like seven, eight, nine in a row, which we've seen here in, in past seasons. But this team just not having, again, it's remembering of 
Kofi and Trent and Io and, and a, a cohesive team, a team that was tough and defended every night, a, a guy and Kofi that was dominant, obviously Io as well, All-American production and being able to make guys like Trace lose matchups that for, you know, 80, 90 percent of their seasons, usually they're the ones overwhelming someone else. We've seen it with Dickinson. We saw it. It, that's just what the, the Kofi effect ultimately was. So when you don't have that, it does bring up the question now, you know, as you circle some other big-time post players in this league, even as recent as you're going to see Zed Key. I know Zed Key is probably more of a of a comparable matchup for Dane, you know, six-foot-nine guys that are bigger and, and undersized with height but uh, are, are physical in, inside. Is Zed Key 6'6", six, six, though? He, he might actually be 6'6". Six, six. You're right. You're I love right. him. I love him. But I actually like that matchup for Dane. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Zed, Zed's a good player. Zed's a good player. And Ohio State's talented, going to need it. Um, but can Illinois bounce back here at home? Yeah. It's just the difference of I think some people wondered. I'm not blaming them. It, it was like they put this team put the thought back in the head of can they challenge Purdue? Yeah, we, they, we brought it up, right? It, but they had to make a run here, right? Yeah. Can they go on an, on an absolute heater here? And now it's like, oh, okay, they're probably not going to have that consistency characteristic. It is, but in terms of like the big picture, like, can they? Did their ceiling change tonight? No, no. But I, I think it does. It, it, it. This is for the first time planting the the seed in the head. Like, as you evaluate teams you might face, second round, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. What if there's an elite post player? Mm-hmm. What does that mean for Illinois now? Because before that, we haven't really seen that presented against them. Now we know that's a big problem, at least to play one-on-one. Yeah, I'm trying to think of those teams. Like if you I got mean, a Gonzaga or something like that. Even like North Carolina, we saw Baycott go crazy in the tournament last yeah. year. Uh, uh, Arizona, Tubelis, and uh, mm-hmm. Omar Balo down low. Like there, there are some squads out there. I know they're not playing well now, but UConn, yeah. Sonago. Um, yeah, so there's, there's guys like that. So I think, I think that's the big picture question that comes out of this is how do they deal uh, with that? Because tonight was, this is the best big man you've played probably by far. Yes. Uh, Virginia's I like him. It was a Shendrock. Um, other than that, like Kobe Brown, like Dante Scott, those were the guys giving you issues. Like Julian Reese didn't even give you that many no. issues. Right. Um, that was by far the best big and he got a couple more of them coming up so yeah texas doesn't really have one uh adem bona for ucla is a freshman he's right. an all-american but or i should say a mcdonald's all-american but yeah th- there'll be more coming up to to really test you uh so i, I thought this was a great learning experience from dane i asked brad about that um i, I think the one thing that, that bothered me uh was not just that like he didn't front trace like that doesn't bother me as much um maybe it does for brad but he started guarding him at like 20 feet like, why are you guarding Trace Jackson Davis at 20 feet? I think just Dane was, like, trying to be competitive, sick of getting scored on. Uh, but you got to keep your keep your head. And this team lost its head. Like, when, when they got down early, Derek, it was, like, 20 to 7 or whatever it was. And they started launching threes, trying to get back into it on one or two possessions. Like, can't do that. you gotta, you got to get some stops, uh, and then you got to run some offense. And they just – they had a couple stretches where Terrence got hot, but – they just never really ran offense and, and got stops. Obviously. No, they did not. And yeah, to the point of Trace, where he like cross over and drive right by to the lane for a dunk. Trace is, I believe, I was looking it up for the preview, one for nine on jump shots this entire season. He's made <laughs> one jump shot the whole year. Right. And you're guarding him behind the three-point arc. I mean, the night he was having, he 
he probably would have pulled up and made it right but i i think that just in general that's that's a bad <laughs> scouting report and it is getting frustrated no. it's getting frustrated and it, it's playing out of character just playing outside of the game plan uh offensively yeah you, you did kind of get into more of the hero ball mo- mode tonight mm-hmm. I, I felt like that's kind of what we ultimately saw as, as things went awry and i think that illinois for lack of a better word i think it actually says it perfectly they, they're pretty soft in the, in the paint I, oh, think, yeah. I think they were pretty soft at like even not only just against trace but like geronimo going in there other guys digging for for rebounds and, and layups for indiana I mean, early in the game geronimo just cuts right down the lane catches and lays it up against hawkins later in that early portion of the first half he back cuts meyer catches and lays it in like it was just a, a soft effort from illinois overall and i i, I do understand why it doesn't sit well with fans that think about the Penn State game here. You lost by 15 points. Your your scheme, your strategy got completely exploited. Like, yeah, your you didn't give yourself really a chance because your your strategy of switch everything gave picket matchups that he wanted all night long and led to doubles and threes and everything. And then tonight, your inability to have a good plan for Trace or then adapt on the fly and have one. Adjust. That's where. I, I get why even outside of some of the other stuff, like the execution or, or the, the intensity, they just, I understand being unhappy with the, the game plan period. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in the, the lack of adjustment, somebody asked like, is in-game adjustments Underwood's biggest thing? Like Loyola comes to mind right yep. for that. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back. Like he has made adjustments. Illinois has made comebacks in games and, uh, and, and they've played well. Um, we've seen those kind of turnarounds. So I don't want to do that all uh, tonight. I do want to get to one more thing before we get out of here, Derek, because they're tearing down. If I think everyone can hear uh, for a concert tomorrow. Uh, but Illinois did make a big scholarship offer tonight. Uh, they offer a sharpshooter in-state, Bloomington Central Catholic wing, Cole Serta. Uh, Derek, you've been following this recruitment for a while. They've been Really evaluating him. Cole's gotten a couple high major offers here recently. Uh, what's your reaction to Illinois offering the in-state prospect and a really good shooter in Cole Serta? Yeah, things are really heating up for him. He's gotten a couple of Big Ten offers since the fall. I know Northwestern jumped in with one right before the season. Penn State offered back in December, and, and he's started to get looks from Iowa. Illinois has been involved. They had him on campus twice this fall, one for the homecoming game against Minnesota for football, and then – uh, brought him in for an early season game as well. And, and he was in the in the house tonight. Uh, obviously not a good result for him to see, but obviously the atmosphere, the home state program. Uh, and I know that he told me uh, about a month ago that they were being a lot more consistent, a lot more aggressive with him and, and building that relationship. Jeff Alexander has done a good job and been over there in Bloomington to see him a handful of times. Uh, Brad was just there to watch him in a game about a week or two ago. And six foot five, outstanding shooter, like super smooth stroke. Uh, he actually here in this building last year won the, the three-point contest at State. Uh, but obviously in game, uh, it's really, really good. He had an, a great summer with the Illinois Wolves 16U, 16U team. And then now at Bloomington Central Catholic, he's gone for 30-plus a handful of times. Had a, a huge holiday tournament showing where I think in three games he put up like 94 points or something like that, something ridiculous. And uh, I, it's, it's a team that has identified needing more shooting going forward. I mean, you think about some of the pieces they have kind of long-term or, or at least in the the immediate window, like a sincere – I mean, Jaden can shoot it, but Ty, Dane, you're going to bring in Merez. You do have Luke, but uh, – Monty Hansberry, right? Monty Hansberry. Um, 
I think they're identifying the fact that they could use another wing shooter. And the offer tonight, I think you kind of – maybe we're getting to a point where you need to, to pull the trigger and not let the other Big Ten programs that are jumping in use it against you if you, if you waited too long. So uh, I like the move. Uh, we'll have to, I think they'll probably still continue to watch him. I don't know that they'll push for a commitment or anything. We'll have to see what he ultimately says. I'll be checking in with him. Uh, actually, right after we get after this, I'll, t- I'll shoot him a text and see if we can get an interview. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's playing really well, in-state guy. Uh, and I, I think if Illinois were to push, I, I think that they'd be in a, in a good spot. I know that he's really liked what they've done and what he's seen from the program. Uh, well, Derek, before we get out of here, I got one more thing. Zachary Perrine, no red shirt. Nico Moretti will redshirt, according to Brad Underwood, but not for Zachary Perrine. So I guess we can end that speculation. Yeah, I, I wanted to see. Trace was still on the floor when he checked in. And I was like, the first seconds of Zachary Perrine's college career, he's going to get to see Trace Jackson Davis. Um, but Trace checked out at the same point. He gave the little Aaron Rodgers, I own you, to the Orange Crush. Um, I then had to look up and remember that he's two and four against Illinois. But uh, – I mean, he owned Illinois tonight. I don't want to take anything away from him. But. He's owned him the last two games. Big Ten tournament, he was pretty dang good. He was, he was pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, Zach, it seemed, number one, all everything that they've been saying around the program back in the fall was that if he gets here mid-year, we think we can use him. Um, and, and just kind of, look, we've, we've kind of had this conversation a number of times. The red shirt is, is so uncommon in college basketball these days. And I don't know that a lot of guys, especially internationally, maybe come over here and think about staying four years. So to see him tonight for a few minutes, you hope that it is, it's just worth it at the end of the, at the end of the line that he plays enough minutes. You say, okay, in the, in the odd chance that he is here four years that it, you know, this season wasn't like 15 minutes, but we'll see. Well, Derek Piper, that'll do. We'll wrap up uh, a disappointing loss for Illinois, 80 to 65 in a rivalry loss to the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, nice performance by Indiana, obviously very disappointing for Illinois. Uh, but thank you for everyone who weighed in on our live YouTube channel podcast. Uh, we, we're going to do this every post game. We enjoy interacting with you guys tonight. Not as much tonight, just because there, there's not much to, to break down, to be honest with you, after uh, a really poor performance from Illinois. We'll see what they do when they bounce back after a little bit of uh, well-deserved rest. Uh, they get Tuesday. Ohio State coming here. They are a mess right now. We'll see how they respond against Iowa coming up this weekend, but uh, Illinois will be the more rested team for that. So, uh, listen to the Illini Choir podcast, wherever you get your podcast, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you guys do that. And we'll have more content. i got a lot of football content coming uh, to the site this weekend, including uh, Illinois football, some of their assistance thoughts on Malik Elzey, getting him. I talked to Terrence Jameson about the law firm returning as well. Derek talked with Keith Randolph for me, so I got uh, some insight from Keith Randolph on that as well. Uh, but a busy weekend coming up. Uh, despite no basketball game. Derek, thank you, buddy. Yes, sir. See you on Tuesday. All right, everybody take care of each other. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody.